Welcome back, listeners, to Discussing Marvel, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show. I am your host, Irving, along with your other host, Eddie. And we know that this episode is coming out a little late, and that is because we are finally recording in person. I know, it's so exciting. <laughs> Eddie, you haven't been inside my house in over a year. Yeah, it's been over, it's been more than a year, so it's pretty crazy. feel and still <laughs> very weird about it. <laughs> I know, but this is what happens when I'm engaged to a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we are discussing Assembled, the making of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But before that, let's discuss some of the major news that Marvel decided to drop on us this week. And by drop, we mean blessed because Uncle Kevin has blessed us with not only actual titles for some sequel movies, but we got our first look into the Eternals. So Eddie, what are your first impressions of the Eternals? It looks so good. The cast for this movie is amazing. They have so many actors in it and I can't wait. I love Angelina Jolie and I love Sama Hayek. So we'll see where those strong, powerful women go in this movie and from an amazing director from what I hear so we'll see what happens I also love Angelina Jolie and it's crazy seeing her as a blonde yeah it's such a different look and I'm also excited like you said to see Salma Hayek and it really did feel like Marvel and Disney have been holding out on us because like I said earlier I know that Uncle Kevin is sitting on all these trailers of all these films that were supposed to come out last year. Mm -hmm. And you know they were just holding off because they want to now be able to say from Academy Award winner for Best Director, Chloe Chow, The Eternals. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's such a marketing move, but I'm here for it. We also got some official titles for some sequels. So we got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and I think it's such an amazing title. It is. It is so good. It's the obvious choice, but I still didn't think that's what they were going to name it. Yeah. Like you said, I thought they were going to name it Black Panther 2. And... I would have been fine. Yeah. And then we also saw that it's not going to be Captain Marvel 2. It's going to be the Marvels. Which is also amazing because it's going to have all of the Marvels in this movie. Yeah, it really is. We're going to see Monica Rambeau come back with her superpowers, and we are going to have Miss Marvel, who is going to have her own show premiere before the movie. So this is kind of cool that we're going to get kind of these introduction to these characters on Disney Plus and then throw them onto the big screen. Synergy, Eddie. Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, too, that they incorporated each character in the title. Yes. And in a major plot twist, Disney Plus has decided to switch things up a little bit and announce that not only is Loki going to premiere earlier than expected, but now it's going to be a Wednesday show. So Taco Tuesday at my house, Eddie, it's going to be lit. <laughs> yes, I am down. You're just going to have to come over now that you can, you know, step inside my house and we'll just uh, get to watch it at 1201. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, Eddie. If you don't watch it as soon as it drops, are you even watching it at all? You know, I def 
it's true. I don't want spoilers, and the internet is known for spoilers. Yeah, especially for Loki. I have a feeling it's going to be more spoiler heavy compared to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So now that we have Marvel news out of the way, let's take it from the top. So Eddie, how are you liking this assembled type of behind the scenes look into these Disney Plus shows? I love it because I am a big fan of special features and to see the making of these shows is pretty awesome and they're dedicating an hour for each show that seeing behind the scenes of what they're doing with these shows is pretty cool yeah i'm also a big fan of behind the scenes because you don't really get them like you used to anymore like before they used to be like 45 minute documentaries and now they're like eh, some podcast will cover it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we see executive director so he explained that Both Bucky and Sam became beloved characters with the amount of screen time that they had, which was not much. And I agree. You cast hot actors, people are going to fall in love with them, even if they just say one lines. Yeah. The internet is thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that we got to see them explore what being a hero is today and how they said that the heroes of the past were soldiers and now the heroes of today are really first responders and i could not have put it better myself it's true we definitely had a shift in what heroes look like this past year so yeah especially i think because before superheroes used to have the super advanced technology like for example batman what always made batman a cool detective was the gadgets Mm -hmm. and the belt and the utilities but now that the police department also has a tank what is there for batman to do yeah and we see that same thing with our world is the technology is advancing so fast that you literally have to be superhuman in order for you to be different. And we're not looking for heroes to come in and punch their way out of every situation. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that with the Flag Smashers that John Walker is coming in to arrest people. And it's like, we don't need a cop. We need help. We yeah. need assistance. We need a first responder here. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was fascinating that that's how they described the hero of today. We want people to save lives, not just arrest people. Or kill him on the streets. True. (laughs) I'm pretty sure when Nico grew up wanting to get smashed by Captain America, that's not what he had in mind. (laughs) (laughs) We hear Malcolm Spellman say that the line in Endgame where Sam receives a shield and he says that it feels like it's someone else's really did inspire this show. And it truly shows. Yeah. 
because the show really does dive into what it is to be black in America. Yeah, and I feel like that's what kind of made this show stand out too because we were seeing it through Bucky and Sam's point of view. Yeah, and it's easy to say that, oh, why are we just doing that now? It's because superheroes have always reflected the time period that they're in. Let's go back to Iron Man 1 and look at the the villains and the story. It's got 9-11 written all over it. Yeah. And now things have shifted and our priorities are different. And what it feels like to be an American now is different than what it felt like to be an American in 2008. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we do have six hours with these characters, we're able to explore what it's like to be a hero out on the streets when you're not in uniform. Yeah. And the producers the producers said it so well too that now they have the time to flesh out these characters where in a two hour movie Yeah, it's you don't have time to have your character sit quietly with his sister having a discussion of their childhood if it's not going to move the main storyline forward Mm -hmm. these are considered like c plots in a regular story i love how zoe mentions that sam's search for identity is about his future and bucky's search for identity is about his past and i didn't even think about it that way yeah but it's true we see just the trauma that Bucky has gone through as a Winter Soldier and the nervousness of Sam seeing what it takes to be Captain America. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that Sam knows that there's weight behind the shield and the fans are like, why can't we just give it to Bucky? And it's like, because he has been brainwashed and he still doesn't know if he can handle it. But I guess since you guys find him hot, you guys will forgive everything right away without letting him fix himself first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they truly did let us explore his past and how it does affect you because he is living through trauma. Just like how Wanda and WandaVision had to go through her past to move forward, Bucky's doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have magic, so he has to go about it the boring old traditional way of saying sorry (laughs) yeah can you imagine what bucky's tv shows would look like i love hearing sebastian stan talk about the journey of playing bucky and seeing the character evolve through the years and through the different movies while still being the same character Mm -hmm. so there is a progression between his first appearance in Captain America to now. And seeing Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, and Daniel Brohl have such a good time on set makes me really jealous. I know. Their chemistry was so good. (laughs) It really is. You can tell that they were were happy to be there and they were having a gay old time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it showed on camera. Their chemistry was just top-notch. I mean... They're obviously all in, like, a bromance. Yeah, and even the director was like, okay, guys, we can't have 
this much fun at work. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Uncle Kevin's going to come down and hit us. You all need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy that Daniel Burrow got to wear that purple mask. Yeah. Because that mask could have been goofy real quick. Mm-hmm. But he made it work. When Clay Bennett mentioned that he didn't know what character he was going to play, makes me wish that we could see the audition process. Because I would love to see what are they reading to audition. Are they using old scripts from past movies? Are they reading from the comic books? Like, I want to know. If they don't know who they're reading for, are they just being kind of given a vague description and then here you go, here's some lines? Yeah, and I feel like that's that can be challenging too because even the actress who plays Monica Rambeau was saying that they gave her a kind of vague script and they didn't tell her she was going to be Monica Rambeau till. They told her. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is totally random, but I remember watching the behind the scenes of Scream 2 and how they wanted to keep the ending from being spoiled that the actors auditioned using the script from the first movie. And that's what they determined for the sequel characters. So I just want to know, what are they, what are they reading? Yeah. Because seeing Julia Louis-Dreyfus talking about how she loved the name Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and that got her real excited to hop on board, makes me wonder if some actors are actually told who they would like them to play. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're, oh, this actress or actor, we want them for this. Like, we're going to offer you the role. Yeah, and I feel like that's what they did with her, too, and she was perfect. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she really is. She looked like she was having a good time. And like she said, I love a female mastermind, and we need more of them, and -hmm. I'm here for it. Yeah, and one of the producers, too, said how we needed a female version of Nick Fury, but we don't know if she's good. We don't know if she's bad. We're going to see where this story unfolds. So I'm really excited to see where they head with this character. Yeah, because they let us know they needed kind of a twisted, more gray version of Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ooh, are we going to see her in leather and kick some butt? Because that's so exciting if we are. Yeah. I want to see her and Nick Fury go at it. Can you imagine that? (laughs) (laughs) Florence Kasumba mentioning that she doesn't get ready. She stays ready. Waiting for that phone call whenever they need the Dora Milaje. Yeah. Was everything I needed to hear. So good. She is such a great actress and she does bring such a powerful presence to the character of Ao. Yeah. And just that scene where... We see her appear in front of Bucky. I'm like, that dress, so good. Oh, yeah. The way that they make an all-black outfit look not only classic, but modern at the same time. Oh, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably one of the only times where I was extremely excited for like the following week. Yes. (laughs) 
So I'm glad that they mentioned what happened in Puerto Rico because, like, I believe it was last week's episode. I was trying to figure out where Puerto Rico would have taken part in this story. Because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, to me, it felt like Puerto Rico had nothing to do with the story. So what were they going to do there? Yeah, that is really cool that they explained that, too, because you mentioned a while ago that they were film they were going to film in Puerto Rico but then they got hit by the earthquakes and then covid hits yeah and what's crazy is when they were showing the locations in Puerto Rico you can actually see the places they had to swap over in Prague when they did go film over there they showed that kind of church entryway and it's like oh an episode had a building that looked like that. Then they showed a cemetery in Puerto Rico. And it's like, well, we got the cemetery in Prague. So it just makes me wonder if the storyline was going to be that that's where they were sending all the displacement people from America was to send them to Puerto Rico. Which would have made more sense because it was a U.S. it's a U.S. territory. <laughs> yeah, that was like I said, the, that's the thing that didn't make any sense to me is that the U.S didn't seem to have a problem with displacement camps because all they showed us was Europe. Yeah. And the fact that it was eight months worth of pause and filming is crazy to me. Yeah, it was just crazy just seeing them once COVID hit, they needed to get everyone out and back to the United States. It's just, it's scary. And I've heard like stories of people having to like stay in the country for two months because they couldn't get back home yeah that must be extremely stressful and i keep forgetting that this was meant to be the first show not wandavision but since wandavision was able to be filmed inside of a set they were able to resume filming a lot quicker and release it Mm -hmm. and the amount of movie magic that it took for them to turn a alley outside of atlanta into Mandrapore really does remind me why I love the movies and yeah. the movie experience. Yes. Because <laughs> you have to be such a creative mind to just see an alleyway and be like, yep, this is it. And then just plop things up. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, we're in a whole different fictional country. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to take some designs from Japan. We're going to take some designs from another country and mash them all together and boom we have Metropole. yeah and the amount of work that goes into every detail for just three seconds of screen time yeah like all those monkey skulls i just assumed that a lot of that was just going to be computer work because it's more expensive but it's also faster mm-hmm. so to see them actually build the sets just it just puts everyone in a better mood yeah And before we continue with today's episode, here is a message from our sponsor. Hello guys, do you like my style? You can have it as well. Sudkovia. We offer elegant clothes, but also casual clothes. Pajamas, sweaters, t-shirt, socks, sneakers, everything. Nastrofi, come and visit us in Sudkovia. Check out Sudkovia. I'll take one in every color. Right. 
Yeah, the minute that came out, I was just like, okay, this is genius, for one. Number two, why aren't they selling this? Disney, you're so into merchandising. How about you drop the spirit jersey and you give me Zemo suits? Yeah. <laughs> People will buy them. I would buy them and I don't even wear suits. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just thought it was fun to just hear that clip because it just shows how much fun they were having on set. Mm -hmm. We see them try to explain Sharon's switch. And I feel like it makes sense. But at the same time, I feel like, hmm, does it though? Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's hard for them. I feel like we have a lot more exploring to do with Sharon and her character that they can't say much, so. Yeah, but also when they're like, oh, we feel like it was going to, it's a good mystery about the power broker. And when she's really revealed in episode six, I hope that the audience is going to be surprised. And it's like, were we though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I was on the no, Sharon's not the power broker train. Not because I didn't believe she was, but I just didn't want to fall down that trap again. Yeah. But now that they made this one so obvious and true, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we see Aaron Kellyman explain how excited she was for the character of Carly Morgenthau. And I felt like she was just wasted potential. Yeah. Especially seeing them explain where they wanted this character to go. It felt like, mm, but did it though? Yeah. We'll probably talk about it more next week. Next week. But yeah, I feel like there was a lot of potential with the Flag Smash. Yeah, there really was. Especially when they said that their inspiration was that we know that the game is rigged and the odds are stacked against us. And now, not only is the game rigged, but the people at the top are being irresponsible. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a fascinating premise. And they just didn't take it there. And honestly, I do believe that it was the whole John Walker thing. It was like, either you had the Flag Smashers or you had John Walker. It almost felt like Spider-Man 3. Where there was, there was just too many, too many villains. Yeah. That one of them we hated instantly. Because it was easy to hate. The other one. We didn't even care. We were bored. By yeah. the time <laughs> that their storyline was finished. And like you said. We're going to get deep into this next week. But it was just interesting seeing how. She basically played the same character she played in Solo. Yeah. So what did you think of the amount of work they went into that truck fight scene and all that choreography? Oh, I feel like that was that must have been very challenging to shoot because trying to act on a freaking moving vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and not just that, I find it so cool seeing that they really do map the whole thing out with the stunt actors. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are kind of doing all this. So it makes sense. And it just looked really cool. It must be cool to be a stuntman. Yeah. Cool and not because you can die. <laughs> or get hurt. Which does happen. Seeing that they actually used people jumping out of planes. 
was really cool as well. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite moments in this documentary or special features behind the scenes because you just see at first I thought it was all CGI and even if it was all CGI I would have accepted that like you said like the fact that they went above and beyond and actually had people jump out of planes just lets you know that we got a budget and we're going to use it yeah Nate mentions that he hopes all of these characters coming in and out of the story feel organic and i think they succeeded i don't think there was a single character that made a cameo that i felt was not organic except for sharon Mm -hmm. yeah and and not even just sharon but the power broker sharon like sharon leading up to that one line felt organic yes because we went through her journey and she getting kicked out of the country and we knew she was suffering and she felt betrayed like you said it felt organic same thing with Rody at the beginning when he was talking to sam like the world of the marvel cinematic universe has expanded with so many characters that you just can't have everyone there but you also can't have nobody there. Yes. I'm glad that they mentioned Isaiah Bradley and his story in Truth, Red, White, and Black because that is a very good storyline. And I'm glad that I read it as soon as I found out about it because it was really good. And Eddie, you're going to have to read it too. I'll just let you use my account. Here's, <laughs> here's my phone. <laughs> it was cool seeing that Anthony Mackie helped write the speech that he gives at the end. And I'm glad that they went with him talking to someone and not giving a speech on a podium. Because we don't need heroes on a podium speaking to us. We need them talking directly to the people in charge of change. Mm-hmm. And when they mentioned that he wanted to be involved because he wanted to believe what he was saying made sense because it did feel like that. Yeah. I mean, that speech was so good. We had to split it into four parts. Yeah. And when I first watched it, I texted you (laughs) (laughs) while that speech was going. I was like, I'm crying right now because this speech is so good. (laughs) Yeah. Is it because the speech was good or is it because we're just emotional? (laughs) i'm a grown man and i was crying viewing that marvel trailer even though i've already seen it like 10 times (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about the costumes because phase four truly is becoming the haute couture season of the mcu yeah we get a lot of cool and new costumes and we're gonna get a lot of new characters too with new costumes so it's gonna be really cool seeing all these costumes yeah it really does feel like they're just leaning into hey i know that we're supposed to be grounded but give wanda a costume she doesn't need to just have a red leather jacket give her a costume yeah anthony mackie yeah give him the suit give him that headpiece like give him everything Mm -hmm. and they truly had me thinking that 
they had a magical mesh that did not have a seam or stick out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I was glad to see that he actually had it on his head and it wasn't like Vision where now they just put it on post-production. Mm-hmm. How he just has a painted face now when before he had to sit on a chair for nine hours and not be able to hear anything while on set. Yeah. He's like, um, if Jennifer Lawrence can get away with having hardly any makeup for Mystique, so can I. (laughs) (laughs) And they mentioned that they wanted the costume to kind of have a positive vibe. And I think they succeeded. They did. I loved the white. Yeah, the white was great. The metal in the wings was great. The whole thing was just a chef's kiss. Halloween this year is going to be amazing. Yes. Because (laughs) never have we had so many options for every body type and size. Mm -hmm. They finished this behind the scenes by talking about the justice movements that we've had in 2020 and how that inspired the show. And it really works. I'm glad that there was a delay in production because I'm hoping that the protests last year and the Black Lives Matter movement helped them lean heavier into racism in America. Yeah, because it definitely showed. And for the people that keep saying stop making it about race, this show was literally shoving shoving it in your face that it is about racism. Yeah. It's one of those things where we always make that joke, but I don't think we're ready for that conversation. And last year showed us that we've been ready for this conversation. We've just been avoiding it because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that the show decided to just go ahead and do it. And not just that, but actually not even have it open for debate. They straight up had to come out multiple times and say, this is about race. It's not open-ended. It's not, oh, well, you figure it out. It's not, well, maybe it is a dream. Maybe it's not. No, they're like, yes, it's about race and racism <laughs> yes. and, and being black in America. You're hearing it from the director. You're hearing it from the screenwriter. You're hearing it from the actors. Like, they don't want it to be open-ended. It's, mm-hmm. No, yes, it's about race in America. So, Eddie, any final thoughts on this episode of Assembled? No, like I said, I love special features and just seeing all the behind the scenes of how well these actors did and how well the Walt Disney Company handled the production during the pandemic was really awesome and it's just a lot of stuff that we sometimes don't get to see because not everyone buys the movies or not everyone is interested in these bonus features so I'm glad that they're releasing it for the fans that do enjoy it yes so yeah what about you i'm just glad that like you said that they're doing this i think that it is a lost art form of having behind the scenes 
I'm hoping they do it for the theatrical releases. At least that's the rumor that I saw earlier this year that we would get an assembled the making of Black Widow like the week after the movie would come out. Hmm. And I think that would be a great incentive to get people to go watch it or get it with premiere access on Disney+. Plus. And I want to see more. And I kind of wish it was longer. I want an hour and a half. Give me three. <laughs> just give me three. Yes. I'm not asking for much, Disney. I want bloopers. I want gag reels. I want everything. Yeah. They, <laughs> they released the Zemo cut, so I saw on Sebastian Stan's Instagram that they need to release the Bucky cut because apparently there's some really good footage of him dancing. And apparently there's also some good footage of him and Sarah. Mm -hmm. So I want all the deleted scenes. Yes. <laughs> the, the alternative endings. They should just put a copy of the, the script up there too. Like, why not? Just give me everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Eddie, next week we will be doing our Falcon and the Winter Soldier series recap, where we will be discussing the show as a whole. And I am super excited because we both know we have a lot of feelings and I'm glad that we got to do Assembled before because it kind of is going to help influence a lot of the way that I feel about the show now and I can't wait for next week for us to discuss it. And with that, I have been your host Irving and your host Eddie and this has been Discussing Marvel, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you have, thank you so much. Share us with your Marvel-loving friends and help us get discovered. And join us next week for our Falcon and the Winter Soldier series review. <laughs>